about carols are the sounds you get to hear. Um, I don't know about you guys, in my, my kids, they've been bugging us since about July this year to watch Home Alone, and we're like, no, you're not watching, that's their favourite Christmas movie, and I'm like, no, we're not watching that until December. Um, but aside from that, there's a whole bunch of other, obviously, Christmassy sounds that we think of, jingle bells and Santa ho-ho-hoing, or whatever it is, that we love uh, to, to hear. And what we're going to do to start our time together um, in, in the auditorium here as a group is we're going to conduct a little bit of an experiment, okay? And you are all going to be involved today, so I want you to go along with me. And uh, Alex Sweetman has done a great job because I didn't even... Rec- I need four groups for this particular experiment, and we've got four beautifully partitioned areas here, okay? So listen up. Group number one, this is going to be you guys on this side, okay? On the left, Left. I just had to do that. I don't have one of those brains. Um, on the left, okay. Now, what we're going to do is, in a, in a little bit, we're going to play a sound. You guys on the left, what I want you to do is, when I tell you to, I just want you to cup your hands over your ears, okay, when that sound is coming, and try and listen for the sound. You can put your fingers in your ears as well, just, you know, be careful then. Um, group number two, you, that's you guys here, okay. Um, now, what you are going to do, you're, you're not on my right, you're, you're kind of in my middle here. You are going to hum when I tell you to. Just a light little hmm, okay? It's already getting strange, I know, but go with me. You're going to hum when I tell you to and listen for the sound that's going to be played, okay? That's you guys here, group two. Group number three, you're, you're laughing at them saying that they're going to look so funny humming. Okay, group number three, here's what I've got for you. Um, if, you're, if you're able to and happy to, when I say for you, you are going to go from a sitting position to a standing position, back to a sitting position, up to a standing position, just a few times, okay? So you're getting your exercise in for the day, but as well as that, group number three, what you have to do is there's going to be a mathematical equation on the screen. Now, if someone can solve that equation, then I'm going to talk to you afterwards and we'll arrange some sort of prize. But your job is to listen for the sound while you're doing the movement and trying to solve what's on the screen, okay? Make sense? Group number four, you guys, you get to sit where you are and just listen. I want you to do your best to listen intently to hear the sound, okay? Um, Probably even better idea when, when I say is just close your eyes, really focus in, pay full attention to that sound. Does everyone get, got what we're doing? Group one, hands over the ears. Group two, you're humming. Group three, if you game, you can rise and fall. Try and solve what's on the screen, listening for the sound. Group four, close your eyes, pure intent listening. Are we, how are we going, Mal? Are we good to go? Okay, ready? Everyone start doing your thing, and then Mal's going to play the sound for about five seconds. And start... Okay, great. That, that sounded beautiful in here. Did, did, did everyone pick up on that? Now, hopefully, did everyone hear something? Everyone heard something. Okay. Most people heard something. Those of you with hearing aids, maybe not. You might have taken them out. I don't know. Um, for the most part, all of you would have heard something, I'm hoping. But notice, I reckon if we went around, we don't have time to do it, but if we went around and we asked each group what you heard, if you could describe the sound where it kind of was, then you probably wouldn't get the same answer. We'd probably hear some different things. The sound that we heard was the same sound 
That did not differ at all. But the way that we all received that sound, our input, that was different. Uh, where our focus was when we heard that sound, that was different as well. And so I reckon in one way what we could have said about that whole little experiment was that we heard the same sound in a different way by each group. I reckon it's fair to say that, that there's a lot of noise that we hear in our lives. Um, every day we are bombarded with, with a barrage of different types of noise. What we see on TV, what we read on our screens and online, uh, there's notifications that pop up, the advertising we drive past on the way to our workplaces, our inner monologue as we're talking to ourselves throughout the day. Whatever it is, there is lots of different noise that we hear that is around us. And when it comes to that noise, what we can do is, we've, most of us would have heard of that term selective hearing. We can tune into some things and we tend to tune out maybe a little bit more the things that maybe we find a bit confronting or challenging or that we just don't want to deal with. We tune that out, but the stuff we maybe want to hear a bit more of, okay, we're tuning into this, we're listening intently. And what we find along the way is that some of your passions are actually shaped by those things that you hear. Some of your loves, the things you enjoy, are shaped by what you audibly hear. I'm not just talking about music here, I'm talking about that input of hearing, whatever it is. And so, in some way, our hearts can then actually be shaped, when we're thinking about passion, our hearts can be shaped by what it is that we hear. Sometimes we wrestle with information, we keep it all stored up here, but other times when we wrestle with it in our heart, it sinks down deep and it becomes a part of our lives, so much so that it shapes us spiritually, emotionally, our values, our desires. But what can happen is we can neglect tending to our hearts. And this morning, we're going to focus on a passage um, in the Bible that I believe is about hearing. We're going to look at how the state of our heart actually re reveals our ability to hear. And we're going to examine this idea that, that the way that your heart is actually positioned affects your listening ear. We are in a series on the parables of Jesus, and what we're going to read this morning is a well-known parable. It's the parable of the sower. Many of you would have heard this one before. This is found in all of the, uh, the synoptic gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and these all have many of the same stories, these three gospels, many of the same structures or sequences, and as well as that, some of the same wording, but we are going to use the Matthew 13 version of this particular parable this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I invite you to grab them out together. Let's open the Word. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to read from Matthew 13, starting at verse 1 through to 23. Later that day, that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. He, then he sat there and he taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell onto the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell into shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. 
Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. They have closed their eyes, so they cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them." But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom of God about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that is planted in their hearts. The seed that fell on rocky soil represents those who hear the message immediately and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on the good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60 or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Uh, like I said before, this, this parable is known to many as the, the parable of the sower. And in this instance, when we're, we're talking about the sower, we're talking about anyone who, who shares God's word. This is the sower. And in this parable, Jesus tells us that in order to produce a crop, you actually need two things, a couple of key things. And the first key thing that we need is the seed. And Jesus here explains it. He tells us the seed is the word of God. And I think it's pretty fair to say that if you're going to try and grow anything at all, the place you're going to probably start is is with a seed. Like if you've got nothing else, you need at least a seed to start with. Without that, we can't even begin to produce a crop. That's what Jesus is saying. And, And so he's saying we need the seed that is God's word. The second thing that Jesus says we need to produce a good crop is good soil. Now, if you've got a seed, you can plant it in, in a whole range of different things and, and sometimes that seed will, will grow up. Other times, you won't be as successful when you plant seeds. Um, 
Recently, we got back from a holiday and we had a young adult stay at our place and house sit while we were away. And on our windowsill as we walked in, there was a whole bunch of glasses that were half filled with water and then suspended um, from the top of that glass using two toothpicks was an avocado seed. It's weird, right? But it was just hanging out in this water. Here was this seed that we had that was growing in this cup of water. I was surprised by that. I didn't know you could grow an av- or start growing an avocado seed in that way. Um, but while it might have grown in that glass of water to an extent, there would have come a time for this avocado seed where its potential for growth, to realise its full maturity and growth, it would not have happened in just that confined glass. It would have needed something much bigger, something with potential. And of course, that is the soil that we're talking about here. And in this parable here, the soil represents our hearts. Soil has really great potential. I mean, just think about it. If you start a really small plot, that can turn into a massive garden. It could even turn into a rainforest. Um, A small plot could turn into a, a dense, thick jungle heaps of potential, and it's the same for you and I. When it comes to to our heart and and understanding God's Word, you and I have heaps of potential. And so while this parable is often called the, the parable of the sower or the parable of the seed, the emphasis here that Jesus is making is on the soil content. So here we go, pardon the pun, but let's dig a little deeper. And we're going to look today at these soils, these four types of soils, and try and work out what do they mean for us. What is it about these soils that reflects our hearts, and how does that, in turn, have an effect on on our ability to hear? What's going on with this connection? Now, the good thing about this passage is Jesus gives us the explanation from verse 19 through to the end. He tells us the meaning, but yet at the same time, there is some unravelling here that we need to do. And so... We're going to evaluate the soils, and as a part of this, what I want you to do as we're going through is consider the type of soil that you are. Evaluate your own heart as we go along. Let's start at the top. The first type of soil that we talk about here is the hardened path. In verse 19, Jesus says, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. This is the soil that's been like compacted and trampled on so much so that it's just become really dense and hard. Uh, We recently went and did a bit of a a rainforest walk at, at Mount Tambourine. And what I noticed was, it was very interesting because, you know, here's this rainforest that gets inundated with with water everywhere and there's this rich red soil that that lies at the bottom and yet the the path that kind of led us through this rainforest was really dense and thick and compacted and hard. It was as hard as rock, really, overall. And so this soil here that Jesus is talking about represents those who have hard hearts. You know, if someone just uh, hears, hears God's Word and, and hears it like it's a series of religious statements and doesn't do anything about it, or if, you know, they read the Scripture and, and it's all this cerebral stuff that's going on up in the head, and that, that is not the same as someone who, who hears the Word and lets it affect them and sink deep into their hearts. That spiritual level is, is a deeper understanding of what's going on here. 
And so the seed that falls on this hard path, it never gets a chance to go deeper than the top surface. And so as a result, that seed just gets snatched away by the birds. And this is the reality of some hearts. They are hardened to the Word of God. They might hear it, but they don't understand it. They won't let it sink in deeper. Yet at the same time, let's not forget the parable that we heard last week from Ash Hicks. She spoke about uh, the parable of the lost coin and the lady who searched for this coin. And one of the things she said in it was that no one is ever too far from God. A heart that is hardened to the Word might not always be so. So that's the first type of soil. The next type of soil that we see here is the rocky soil. And Jesus says the following in verse 20. He says, The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. This, this type of soil is kind of like your topsoil that has like all your little bits of grit and your dirt and your stones and pebbles in it. Um, but as well as that, there's, there's other soil in there that is, is half-decent soil. But then under that, there's this layer that is a hard, thick layer. And so the soil in that top section is actually fertile enough that something could take root, something could sprout up. But the root itself here, that it's not penetrating, it's not going deep enough. It's not getting down to the heart of the good soil where there's nutrients and where there's opportunity for it to soak in and take in the goodness there. It's not getting the moisture it needs and all of those goodness. And so then when the sun comes along and blasts it, this thing doesn't have a chance, it just withers and dies. Or when, when a heavy rainfall comes along, this thing just gets uprooted and just gets washed away. Or, you know, even when a strong wind comes along, this thing might just be picked up and blown off and away. This rocky soil represents the shallow heart. This is how the Bible says some people are. I mean, this could be your heart as we're evaluating things. You know, Jesus says that some of you will, will hear what God says and you'll be like, you know what, yeah, I get it. You know, yeah, Jesus, I want you. I want what you want. I, I'm all in. But then something difficult happens in your life. You know, maybe you lose your job. Or maybe you get sick. You lose your home. You lose a family member. Or maybe, maybe someone comes along and, and, and tempts you. And now suddenly, all of a sudden, you've got the choice between this person and, then, and between God. You know, do you hold on to God and his promises in those times? Or do you get angry and blame him and, and push him away? Jesus here is saying, some people will be like this. You'll say that you'll get it, but you just wait till life gets difficult. You wait till the right temptation comes along and, and you, they'll just ditch God so quickly. And the reality is that this could be some of us. At the time of testing, you might fall away. You're willing to have this faith to a point, but then when that temptation gets too great, you say, you know what, I want that thing more than I want God. Maybe that's your heart. Then there's the crowded soil. Jesus says in verse 22 that the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. 
This is the crowded soil. It's got all the weeds and the thorns and the creepers and the vines and all that yucky stuff that we actually don't want to be in the soil, the stuff that we spend time on our hands and knees taking out. And so what happens is as the seed grows, all these other influences that are in the soil start growing as well and they start choking out this plant so it never fully grows into flourishing. For some of us, we have so many other things in our lives that that hold value. And these are the thorns that, that can grow with us. While we do desire God's Word, while we do desire to grow in our understanding of Him, there are other things that we desire as well. And we won't let go of those other things to an extent in our lives. For some of us, it might be money, as Jesus alludes to here. You know, you've got to drive a certain car, you've got to have a certain look or a certain house or certain things in your life. For others, it might be status. You know, you've got to be seen at a certain level. For others, it might be approval. You know, you need that sense of worth that you get. For others, it might just be, you know, being caught up in the the action, the thick of the action. There is so much going on out there that you see on your social media feed and you want to be in that all the time. Now, there might not be anything inherently wrong about any of these things on their own, but what we're talking about here is when these things start to hold value in our lives at unhealthy levels, that's when they can become like these weeds. That's when they can become thorns. That's That's when they start to take root and soak up and take all the nutrients, all the goodness that is in the soil around us. And it's not long then before they start choking away that plant that is growing. And before you know it, there's nothing left. This soil represents the crowded heart. And for some people, this might actually even mean that you even have the same maturity level in in your faith in God as you did, say, 10 years ago, and you haven't experienced a growth because you're actually never willing to kind of fully let go of those things. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need things, you know, we we need shelter and, and money and food, we do, yes, but the point here is to what extent and how much value do they hold in our lives? This is the crowded soil. This is the crowded heart. That's the three types of soil. And then we come to the fourth type. And this is where Jesus says it is the good soil. This is the fruitful soil. He says those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest, uh, will produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. These are the people who hear God's word. They're the people who, who hear the words of the Bible and, and you, know, you take it and you say, you know what, I've got to do this. I've got to learn from this. I've got to, got to take this on board. Remember how I said at the start, the way to your heart is, is through your ears. And think back to our little experiment where we all heard different variations of that sound that was being played. You see, this parable here was actually all set around this idea of listening listening to God. Verse 2 in here tells us that Jesus had this large crowd of people that were gathered around him and so he gets into a boat and goes out into the middle of the the inlet. Why would he do this? Why would Jesus get into a boat, go out into the middle of this inlet like he does? 
Uh, the theologian N.T. Wright, he tells this story of, of one of his trips to Israel. He visited the Sea of Galilee. He went to the Cove of the Sower, as it is known, and this is where Jesus actually preached this parable. And he said, at this location, he sat on the bank and, and the ground kind of sloped up a bit and, and it curves around. You've got a picture there. That's the actual cove that Jesus told this parable in. And it, and it curves around in that kind of um, semicircle type shape. And then he tells the story where the tour guide that he was with at the time told him to sit on the bank of the shore. And he got into this little boat and he rowed out to the middle of that inlet. And then he turned around and he stood up. And as he stood up, he, he got out the verses that we've just read today. And he read the parable of the sower. And N.T. Wright, all the way back on the shore, noticed something pretty amazing. And that was that he didn't have to strain his voice. He didn't have to yell. He didn't have to shout. He just spoke at a normal tone and the water travelled across, uh, the, his voice travelled across the water in such a way that he could hear perfectly what, what the man was saying in the boat. That design of that inlet was just like a musical amphitheatre in many ways. The acoustics were perfect for listening. And in this case, this large crowd that were gathered in this area around Jesus, they, they would have been able to hear him better when he's out in that boat, out in the water, than if he was standing right there next to them. Listening. This is not the only reference, however, we have in this passage about listening. Let's, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's keep using that pun, why don't we? Verse 3 says, listen. Verse 9, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Verse 12, to those who listen to my teaching, those who are not listening. Verse 13, they hear but they don't really listen or understand. Verse 14, when you hear what I say. Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Verse 17, they long to hear what you hear but didn't hear it. And verse 18, now listen to the explanation of the parables. I reckon it's pretty clear that Jesus is trying to tell us there's, there's something important about listening that's going on here, right? It's pretty clear. Jesus is actually saying to us, you and I, we need to be careful about how we listen. You know, don't just come to church and, and listen to the message and say, you know, I, I, I understand this, I, I got this, and then, and then walk away and, and maybe do nothing about it. Don't just let the Word of God change what's up here in your mind only. This is what he's saying here. He's saying the good soil, the fruitful soil, is the person who soaks it in. It's a person who lets the words sink down deep. And then they grow and they grow, and so they see results. They see fruit that gets born. They grow in things like their love and their patience and their kindness. They become less critical, less judgmental. It's not that person who says, you know, God, I'm all in for you, but then when a temptation comes along, they just, they just turn away and, and keep doing things in their own strength. It's not that person who desires God, but then goes and gets buried in the busyness and the loves of life and those other things. It's that person who, who takes time, who executes with great patience and hearing and understanding and a soaking in his word. And then they are personally changed from the inside, and they go and live it out. And so the Bible here says, be careful how you hear, be careful how you listen, because you know what? If you listen well, it says, if, and, and you actually obey the word, then God is going to give you more and more knowledge. That's what it says here. But it also says, you know what? If you don't listen the right way, 
even that little knowledge that you have or you think you have, even that is going to get taken away from you. We need to be careful about how we listen. And so, following on from that thought, I want to suggest that we realise the importance then of cultivating our own hearts when it comes to listening to the Word of God. So, what does that kind of look like? What's this cultivation of our hearts look like? Well, first off, we need to plant the Word. This means we need to take time and spend time understanding. I think Personally, one of the biggest ways I've seen much of the growth in my understanding of, of the Scriptures is to, to read it slowly and to actually pause and ask questions of the text. You know, what's, what's actually going on here? Um, what, what's the original intent? What, what does this mean for my own life? Another thing is, I, I, I've had to wrestle with this myself, but I had to not be afraid to, to discuss things with friends and, and go deeper with other people and hear different um, understandings and, and interpretations sometimes even and talk about that. Um, another way you can do this is get involved in a life group. Here's a little plug. You know, we've got over 25, Stephen will tell you if that number's right, it's probably even more than that, 25 or so life groups that meet throughout a week, most of the year on, on any given day. It's, um, We've just had a new Mums and Bubs life group start up or about to start up. So, you know, there is plenty of opportunities for us to, to work together and to study the Word of God together. And, you know, I want to say, wrestle with it, spend time in the Word, but don't try and understand every single thing. That'll just lead to frustration. Like an onion, we want to peel away the layers. Take time. Plant the Word, understand it. How else do we cultivate our hearts? meditate on the Word. This is how we immerse ourselves in the Word. We're not talking about sitting in a posture and, and doing humming like group two was talking about here. We're talking about reflecting, we're talking about contemplating the Word of God. Psalm 1 verse 2, great example, it says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. What are you meditating on? What are you listening to. Because the things that, that we give attention to are, are the things that will take up place in the soil of our hearts. So we can meditate on the Word, rehearse it in our minds, say it out loud, sing it, pray it, listen to it and allow it to sink deep. As Christians, we want to be cultivating our hearts so that they remain in the fruitful soil. Because if we start neglecting it, that's when the other weeds and the thorns can start to come along the way. That's when maybe even the soil becomes shallow or it becomes hard. The state of our heart reveals our ability to hear. And so the secret then of a fruitful heart that is established in good soil is having a hearing ear. You know, there was a time in my life where I didn't hear God's word. There was a time in my life I can just think, I loved stuff, I loved all this other stuff way too much. That was my focus, that was where my value was. I, there was a time in my life where I, you know, I, I deeply questioned things like you know, suffering and pain and, and where are you, God, in, in and amongst all this? Uh, God, in His grace and His mercy, he, he changed my heart, He changed my soil. He showed me those weeds that existed. And look, I'm not saying that weeds don't still pop up from time to time. Of course they do, yes. But I can see how that change in my heart really affected 
and, and came out through listening to what it is that he had to say to me through his word. And so the secret of a fruitful heart that is established in this good soil is having this hearing ear. And so the challenge for us is to be cultivators of hearts that are fruitful, that we would have these hearts that are shaped by the truths of God's words, that are, that are affected and changed by his promises, hearts that are open and vulnerable and willing to be moved and encountered by him. Even, as, even if that means that you know, we're going to face newfound unknown territory and it's a bit daunting and there's challenges that come our way, let's pause here for a moment now and take a moment to evaluate your own heart. Which soil are you? Think about that. Are there weeds that are crowding or that are growing in your heart? Are there any thorns that maybe have started to take up place? Is there a patch of soil perhaps that's become hardened to God's word and growth hasn't been able to happen because of this? Are there difficulties and challenges that you've had to deal with and maybe you've pushed God away or perhaps you've said, you know, I'm going to deal with this thing in my own strength. I'm not, I'm not going to even come to you here, God. Has there been some sort of temptation or, or things that seem more appealing than God and, and you've been giving your focus to them perhaps? Or maybe you can actually turn around as well and you can say, well, I can see the ways, God, that you've spoken to me and the ways that you have impacted my heart tremendously that's led to a change and because you've been open to him working. I want to invite the Musos to, to come up now. Uh, wherever it is that you're at today, you know, Jesus is the one who wants to work in you to produce this good soil. And it's only by his mercy and his grace that, that you and I can come before him. We can recognise our state surrender before him and realize that we need him our dependence is on him and he promises to be with us through every step of life doesn't he surely i'm with you even to the end of the age he says because you know what the exciting thing is about cultivating good soil the exciting thing is the actual results of that goodness it's the outcome of that fertile heart that's open to being changed by the word and Jesus tells us here the result is that we will bear fruit. We're not just talking about a little bit of fruit here and there. Jesus says that, you know what, when this seed that I'm talking about here, when it falls on good soil, there will be a harvest that is produced. And this harvest will be 30, 60, 100 times what was planted, you know, a 100 times what was planted harvest is astounding, is a phenomenal in these terms that he's talking about. And this is a great promise right here. It's for you and for I. If you place your faith in Jesus this morning and if you're cultivating good soil, then there will be a harvest that comes in our lives. You will see the results of that harvest in your own life, not just in the future, but here and now and looking back in the past. And so would you and I, would we be people that establish our hearts in the good soil so that way we can hear God's word and we can see the fruit of his kingdom being born both here and now and long into the future as well. Let's pray together, hey?
Father God, we thank you for the ways that you, you've, you've taught and you've spoken through parables. Lord, would we be people who have ears to hear what it is that you are saying? I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning who maybe have some of those, those heart issues or things that they, they're thinking about and wrestling with. Will they turn and trust in you? Will we be people who, who come before you? We thank you that you do chase us down, like Therese said, but as well as that, Lord, that we can turn to you, desperate for your touch, for a deeper understanding of you in our lives so that you might bring life and love and freedom and hope into all the areas of our lives. And so, Lord, work on our hearts. Do a work. Will we be people who also do our work in cultivating those hearts that have that good soil so that the results would show while we're here, but also even long after we're gone, God, for your kingdom would the results show. And we thank you for that promise that we have in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.